0: What does it mean to be corrupt? It might be more than you think. I'm Garland McWaters, and this is the Spirit of Leading podcast. Edward Shevonartse was the first president of Georgia, the freed former province of the Soviet Union. He said, Corruption has its own motivations, and one has to thoroughly study that phenomenon and eliminate the foundations that allow corruption to exist. I couldn't agree more. And in this episode of the Spirit of Leading podcast, we're going to explore the issue of corruption and how corruption affects more than you might think in ways that you might not have imagined. Let's begin with a couple of definitions. Most often we say that corruption is the dishonest or fraudulent conduct of by those in power, typically involving some kind of bribery, or they're misusing the power for personal gain in some way. In fact, a favorite theme of books and movies is the corruption of politicians or businesses using their power and resources and influence to profit at the expense of those they're supposed to be protecting and serving. They're the villains, the bad people. The heroes, on the other hand, are those who expose the corruption and root it out or overcome it. Often the script writer or author or screenwriter contrasts the bad against the good. My focus in this podcast will concern dealing with more of corruption as the process by which something is changed from its original use or meaning to one that is regarded as erroneous or debased. That's kind of the second definition. We look up one day and ask ourselves, well, how did we get here? How did this happen to us? We certainly didn't set out to be corrupt or to corrupt our system or our situation. Here's a couple examples. Let's begin with an easy one. Sometimes on my computer, I get a warning that a file is corrupted, rarely, but it has happened. It used to work just fine. I could retrieve the data in it and use it or modify it. The file worked just fine until one day, for some reason, it didn't. We say it was corrupted. It could no longer do what it was intended to do. Well, that's what corruption does. It renders what was once pure and working and useful according to its intended purpose to be unrecognizable and unusable due to the changes made by some reason, perhaps some kind of intrusion or intruder. Something came in and ruined the purity of the original. The word we use is corrupted. Social media intended to be a good thing that helped people to connect and be more informed about their world. We embraced it, including me, and we still do. But now, social media is used for a lot of other reasons, such as propaganda channel to spread lies and disinformation, so people don't know well, what do you believe is true. And sometimes, social media is used to promote division and hatred itself, while along the way, it's also promoting and fostering connection. Hmm, well, how did that happen? Religion is another example. It's supposed to bring people closer to God. Religious institutions grew in power and influence in the past, and they exerted control over followers, while religious leaders lined their own pockets and committed the very shameful and sinful acts that they railed against from the pulpits. In the Bible, there's a story about Jesus cleansing the temple. In fact, some believe he did it twice. Well, why did he feel so compelled to do so? It's because the use of the temple had become corrupted, Jesus called it a transformation or transition from the house of God to a den of thieves. Well, how did that happen? Apparently, little by little. The Genesis story begins by saying at the end of the first chapter, And God saw that all he had made, and it was, Very good. Well, we fast forward to the sixth chapter of Genesis, about 1600 years later, according to some Bible scholars, and it says this The Lord saw how great the wickedness of men on earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled. Filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind from the face of the earth, for I am grieved that I have made them. Somewhere along the way, we went from very good to wipe them off the face of the earth. Gradually. Erosion is a gradual process, as is corruption It begins with compromising some principles. At first, the compromise might be a difficult and emotional give-in accompanied by some moral angst, but it gets easier over time. There's a passage in the Bible that speaks to this process. It's Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the seat of the mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Well, here's the point. It's a warning of the gradual erosion of principles and the admonition to remain true to core values. Because one day we look up and realize how far we have strayed and wonder, well, how did it get this way? The progression is from a free individual to one who begins walking with bad company and then stops and stands with them, becomes one of them in the crowd, doing what the crowd does and saying what the crowd does and chanting what the crowd chants and doing all the things that make them a part of that crowd. And finally, they become maybe a central figure in the corrupt cause signified by the act of sitting in the seat of the mocker, one of the ringleaders. Somewhere along the way, they crossed over to the point of no return, to the point that they think their corruption is actually righteous. Either they can't tell the difference, or they choose to discredit the good they once believed. Another way corruption happens is we get preoccupied and stop paying attention. There's just too much going on around us that seems more pressing or more interesting. The threat's out there, somewhere out of sight, out of mind, until it's not, until it's too late. We deny there's a threat because the early warning systems are so innocuous. Well, since the threat or damage is small, it might seem inconsequential. A gentleman by the name of Joseph Francis Edward Demarius said, The corruption of the positively wicked is often less sad and fatal to society than the irregularities of a virtuous man who yields and falls. When all of these things work together, the eventual consequences can be, and often are, irreversible and fatal. My heart's a case in point. I grew up on the American middle-class diet that my mother prepared for me daily, and as a lad, I got plenty of exercise running and playing all kinds of sports. And so by all accounts, I was healthy When I became a young adult, our diets began to change with the proliferation of fast food chains. Hamburgers, french fries, soda, all found their way into a regular rotation of meals for me. They were tasty, cheap, quick, and easy. (laughs) Just what a man on the go like me needed. The weight came slowly at first. I countered the gain with more exercise, but the diet did not change. In my late 30s, I noticed... I had to go to the bathroom more often. Urination became more frequent, and I started getting sleepy after meals. But otherwise, I felt great. Nothing that a nap couldn't cure. I learned to live with a frequent urination. Someone suggested my symptoms indicated I might be diabetic. I just blew them off. Nah, not me. And I even hated the thought of maybe taking those insulin shots I was hearing about. Needles, yuck. Didn't want to do that. But a visit to the doctor for another ailment led me to a conversation about some other kind of health issues, and I mentioned my symptoms, and after a few tests, the doctor confirmed that I had a slight case of adult-onset diabetes and prescribed an oral medication and a change in diet. But I felt great otherwise, so I took the medication, but I chased it with a serving of heated apple crisp pie a la mode. Eventually, I went on insulin, and I thought, well, I'm home free now because this is a miracle drug. it will just take care of it. Then my job changed, and so did my life. After my insurance ran out, I was denied health insurance because I had a pre-existing condition. Diabetes mellitus. I was on my own. I could not find a doctor who would treat me without insurance, but I eventually found a clinic that would take me on if I paid the Medicare rate, but 100% of that cost was still way out of reach for me, and I did the best I could. I was able to at least get some quarterly labs tests, but no real ongoing treatment except some encouragement from the doctor from time to time to kind of hang in there. I knew it was not okay, but I didn't know how bad. I went nine years without insurance and minimal attention to my condition. Other than the symptoms that were lessened by the medication when I could afford it, I generally felt okay. But over time, additional symptoms appeared. I became easily exhausted when climbing stairs, especially if I was carrying something. And carrying my toddler grandchild, my first one, wore me out and took all the energy I could muster. I thought I was just out of shape. So I started jogging again, lifted weights and did all that kind of stuff. I tired easily but recovered in a few seconds and would just go again. However, I could only jog about a quarter of a mile, maybe a little farther, without resting a few seconds. And by this time, I had cut back on my fast food, but I had not given it up completely. French fries, just too yummy. And I love those shakes and candy bars. And I married into health insurance, and I was able to get on my new wife's policy. So I immediately went to a doctor who was aghast at the extent of my physical deterioration and state of diabetes, as she told me, we're going to get you in shape. But within four months of starting her care, I began feeling lightheaded and dizzy when exercising. I told her about it, and she referred me to a cardiologist. And they discovered during a stress test, and angiogram, that two of my cardiac arteries were 95% and 99% blocked. I was a walking dead man. The cardiologist inserted two stents to open up my blood flow, adverting what was certain to happen, a massive heart attack. It was only a matter of when and even with treatment and persistent watchful care five years later i still had to undergo triple bypass surgery on my heart i asked myself how'd that happen to me the answer was little by little the healthy heart of my youth had been corrupted to an organ on the verge of sudden death through the slow slow process of compromise of my diet principles Preoccupation with other things besides my health, ignoring the innocuous early warning signs, excuse-making, denial that it could even happen to me. If only I had done the right things at the right time, I might have avoided the need and expense of radical surgery to extend my life. As they say, it's a process. So look around. No individual, no organization, no institution or government is immune from the insidious, creeping rot of corruption. It is a cancer, and it can be fatal to whatever it infects. It doesn't stop on its own. Oprah Rinfrey said, The truth will always be our shield against corruption. Just as the psalmist said to meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, or as the Apostle Paul said, Be steadfast to protect sound doctrine. But what happens when truth itself is under attack? Fake news. Alternative facts. Kind of like when Satan beguiled Eve and Adam in the perfect Garden of Eden. Don't believe what God's told you. Why, you won't die if you eat of this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. In fact, you'll become like God. A partial truth. Just listen to my alternative truth, my alternative facts. Just enough truth in there to beguile you." And they were beguiled. The real story not often told is that Satan didn't care about Adam and Eve. Their welfare was not Satan's concern. Satan's Eve was with God and Adam and Eve were God's creation. Satan wanted to rip them away because he was jealous and hated God. So he got to God by destroying Adam and Eve. That's the way the corrupt work their devious plans. They lie for the purpose of creating division and separation from what I call the true true. The road to recovery requires us to recognize the corruption problem, the warning signs such as my heart problem, Early warning signs indicate a more serious problem, and additional symptoms uncover a crisis, and we must resolve to correct it. Got to fix that before it's too late. Before we are past the point of no return, the doctor told me that very often, about 33% of the time, the first symptom of heart problems is death. I was very, very, very sick, and very, very, very lucky, because I did not have a heart attack. My recovery continues to be successful, but not without diligence and steadfastness, and even sometimes I slip. My doctor knew I was a consultant, so one time she asked me for advice during a visit. She lamented that she had a patient who was diabetic, like I am, who was morbidly obese, not like I was actually, refused to take medication as prescribed, which I had, and unwilling, unwilling to make the necessary changes in life. She was afraid for his life. She asked me what more she could do on her watch, and I told her, my truth. You've done about all you can do. At some point, a patient is responsible for his or her own recovery after you've given them all the information. Sometimes, you know, we can reboot. We can clear off and start over. However, that doesn't always solve the root problem of the infected file or disk on the computer. If it's a virus, the virus must be completely removed or isolated, just like a cancer. Gradually, it might be possible to replace the corrupted elements and put in safeguards to prevent it from happening again. You know, every democracy faces its perils, affronts on its rule of law, and steadfast adherence to its founding values and principles. Our democracy was not perfect on day one but it was a first step in what was intended to be a grand experiment in freedom, liberty, and the rule of people over tyranny and autocratic rule. The preamble of our U.S. constitutions is pretty forthright. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. That was the intent, followed by the manner or the description in which that was intended to be implemented and protected, the Articles of our Constitution and eventually the Amendments. Our Constitution asked those entrusted with its care to swear an oath to the Constitution itself and not to any individual or political leader and not even to God But with God as their witness, they will faithfully execute their responsibilities to protect the intent of our founding values. It lasted for a while, then came the Civil War. Some states decided to secede from the United States. They didn't want any more of it, don't want to be part of it. And they waged a Civil War to start their own nation. Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address reminded us, Our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. That's the intent. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. At the time of Gettysburg, it was in doubt. Lincoln concluded his remarks, And Lincoln remained faithful and uncorrupted from the original intent of the Constitution, while others fought to rid themselves of it, from the outside and some from the inside. Although the United States won the war and kept the Union intact, the battle over the hearts and minds of many who remained faithful to Confederate values continued to rage and is still ongoing this day. Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev warned in the 1950s that the United States would destroy itself from within. He implied that the corruption of capitalism would be overthrown by the working class. Khrushchev echoed the sentiment that nothing is immune from the corrosive abuse of power and money, not even a democracy. President Ronald Reagan said in his 1981 inaugural address, the government's not the solution to our problems, the government's the problem. Well, you know why, Ronald? In 1981, I disagreed with that, and I still do. Because the government is a man-made entity whose function is to make things better for those who instituted it. The problem is the people who wield the power of government and corrupt that power for their own purposes. So Ronald Reagan, the problem is not the government. The problem is the people who run it. William Gaddis said, Power doesn't corrupt people, people corrupt power. And Ludwig von Mises, an early 20th century logician and sociologist, best known for his work on the study of human choice and action, said this, There is no more dangerous menace to civilization than a government of incompetent, corrupt, or vile men. Still true today. Abraham Lincoln said, Almost any man can stand adversity, but if you really want to test a man's character, give him power. Frederick Bastille, a French economist from the early 19th century, warned us, when plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men in a society, over the course of time, they create for themselves a legal system that authorizes it and a moral code that glorifies it. Corruption. Leo Tolstoy wrote that corrupt people unite among themselves to constitute a force, so in order to fight them, honest people must do the same. And of course, the corrupt don't actually believe they're corrupt. Hypocrisy is called the audacity to preach integrity from a den of corruption. That's close to Jesus' indictment of the self-righteous Pharisees who point the finger of judgment while sinning themselves. He called them a brood of vipers, a tomb of rotting men's bones covered over with whitewashed walls. The audacity of the liar is that they lie with impunity and the belief that they will get away with those from those who are looking for reasons to believe that lie. I've spoken to the phenomenon of itching ears in an earlier podcast. We all look for people who tell us our beliefs are okay. That's why everyone, and I mean everyone, myself included, must be vigilant to seek a truth that is in the best interests of everyone, liberty and justice for all, that all are created with certain unalienable rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are our values. And we asked, in spite of all this that we believe and hold dear, how do the corrupt come to power The power of corruption comes from ignorance. Therefore, the cure is transparency. You know there's a problem when those in power do not want to be held accountable, and they use their power to avoid being held accountable. They hide behind the law. You know there's a problem when those in power use their power to subvert the ability of the people to remove them from power. Albert Einstein rightly warned us The world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. The complicit are, by definition, corrupted. George Orwell, who wrote the dystopian warnings of 1984, that novel, and the animal farm said, A people that elect corrupt politicians, imposters, thieves, and traitors are not victims, but accomplices. So what do we do? We wake up. We come to. We stand for righteous thinking. We revisit the intent of the values and beliefs that formed and underpinned our democracy or our organization or our family, and we hold ourselves accountable for being true to them. We become the example of that value in our daily life, and the decisions we make, most important to our community, is the people we choose, we choose to entrust the reins of power. And we have the opportunity to choose them until we don't. We show a better way by shining a light on the corruption. We meet it with resistance, and we show a better way. It was the 19th century theologian and evangelist James Freeman Clark who drew the famous distinction a politician thinks of the next election, a statesman thinks of the next generation. You remember Kurt Cobain. He was the singer-songwriter with Rock Band Nirvana. He was a leading influence on alternative rock in the late 1980s until he died in '94. And he said, the duty of youth is to challenge corruption. In that regard, I shall never grow old. I believe the spirit of leading is the spirit of being true to a set of core values My values that all people are inherently valuable and equal will not let me support any notion of racism, sexism, religious intolerance, bigotry, xenophobia, homophobia, lawlessness, corruption of wealth or abuse of power. Simply put, freedom and justice is for all without infringement. I know it's a tough line to walk because we're so diverse and our beliefs are so strong. But we must try. That includes trying to understand those who have a different understanding and why they do so. And I think that leads us closer to the founding values. If we don't, the corrupt will weaponize those differences and use them against us to rob us of all we hold dear for their own purposes. Why? because they simply don't care. Jesus spoke to those in his day who felt the repression of a corrupt political system, an unfair economic system, and a corrupt religious order. And he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I don't know about you, but I'm parched and starving. Well, that's it for this installment of the Spirit of Leading podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I do encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work and in the community. When you join the Empowered, you'll get a notification of my latest podcasts and the latest posts in my Empowering Thoughts series. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. And Until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day and unleash your creative energy encourage the spirit, enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters.